All right, everybody. This is Stefan. Welcome to Superhouse. Uh, I'm filling in today for Andrew because he's dead. And <laughs> we decided to press on. Uh, so it's just Joey and I and, uh, and Maddie. We, knew, we know he was supposed to continue the Superhouse podcast for him. Yeah. His ghost is going to call in later <laughs> to come. Be, be with God. Be with God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So this is Stefan. I'm here with uh, Andrew and Joey. Um, we're going to have a couple other Superhouse members call in as soon as they're able. Um, but right now we're going to start off the show. This is Andrew coming from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> This is Joey coming from Los Angeles. Hail Satan! What's up? We have a chunky episode, guys. Just want to say that right now. I like chunky. Prepare. I get down. I get down on chunky. Stefan <laughs> likes them thick. Especially <laughs> the, on the loose. Especially the back end. Oh man. Of the podcast. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> tum oh. tum. Uh, you want to keep going with this uh, leading, uh, Stefan? Oh, I thought I, we had just led into the show. This oh, is the okay. this is the segue, this re- extremely smooth segue into our first topic. All right. Well, well, before that, real quick, <laughs> I wanted to just oh, say I uh, what I was supposed to say. No, I didn't. I didn't prep you on this one or anything. But uh, <laughs> the we're gonna have a couple sections. We're gonna do movies first, then something about Comic Con because it's next week. And then a video game section, which will include a new section called Currently Playing, which is just simply about what we're currently playing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Doug Loves Movies whenever he asks, what movies have you watched most recently? What games nice. have you been playing most recently? And then if Maddie ever joins us, we're going to be going over Maddie's music. So that's basically it. Uh, let's get right to it with, uh, let's talk about the Rogue One footage. Did you guys watch that shit? Yeah. Yes. Thoughts? It's looking good. Go ahead, Joey. It's looking really good. Um, I mean, you know, it's just footage like we saw with uh, uh, Force Awakens, just kind of, you know, behind the scenes, uh, the crew shooting mm-hmm. the movie and such. But, uh, it, it, you know, everything looks great. A lot of action. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, good actors, cool characters. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, definitely looking forward to it. It was it. It just looks so. I mean, it looks great. It looks amazing. I'm this reel in particular, like was blowing me away. I didn't even watch it with sound the first time. I was just seeing the image and I was trying to like, wait, I'm gonna watch it on Same a here. TV yeah. later. But then I just like I couldn't tear myself away. It looks it looks bleak. It, like it looks dark. Like darker than any Star Wars movie we've seen yet. Um, and, but it was cool to see, like, there was a bunch of different alien races and the way that they focused on their central actors and stuff, putting emphasis on them in this footage and kind of like building the world. Something about stormtroopers in front of palm trees is really kind of a provocative image. I've seen the, there's a, a photo that's come out with that same scene, but it doesn't show the palm trees. So I'm wondering if the actual film is just going to be like a... Almost like that... Like um, white sands or something? Yeah, like that world in um, Interstellar where it's all water or something. Right. I, you know, that would, I'm, that. Sure, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that would be cool, but just seeing that image in that footage, like it seemed like they're really... I don't know. It looks like a very, very different type of Star Wars movie. Like At this point, 
it's Stormtroopers the movie. You know, it's like it's very... It's just, it just seems a lot darker in the way that the characters are portrayed. Donnie Yen's blind character and um, Forrest Whitaker like the scavenger or something. And I don't know, just like the, it like it really shows the hopelessness that leads into a new hope, um, or, or at least it's attempting to illustrate that at this point. Uh, but I hope I hope a lot of that footage, for some good rhyme or reason, is is like you know kind of what we're seeing already because it would be kind of cool to see like a beach world. Of some kind that has like, and that's not Kashyyyk, you know, from the prequels, but yeah, we've already like, we've already. Oh, good. It seems like they've they've taken on the the actual like rebel name. You know what I mean? You think yeah, of like rebels, just yeah. kind of like this like ragtag bag of like you know, um, uh, warriors or soldiers or whatever, and that's kind of what this really looks like. Yeah, definitely. It's like anytime I see a little kid wearing a stormtrooper outfit, I'm like, fuck the empire. <laughs> and I feel, <laughs> and I feel like this movie is like really painting the picture, like the wartime story of what this occupation is like for these people, and um, and it's been like just even just little tidbits of footage, man. I'm so like I don't want to say like I'm sold because I always do that when it comes to like Star Wars and stuff, and not that I'm necessarily disappointed with the newer stuff, but it's the joy of anticipation of how those images are going to come together that, like, is really, like, capturing my imagination at this point. That's like uh, writing your, out your Christmas list is often more <laughs> fun than getting the presents themselves, right? Yeah, totally. You're like, oh, my God! Yeah. Went to, right before you know it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought it was awesome, and it was... I think I have, like... The main thing I took away from it was that it was... Seems but darker than the others. Yeah. It's like they they went pretty dark for this one, and also, uh, uh, God, what was I gonna say? Anyway, yeah, ma mainly darker, and I yeah. can't I can't wait to see it. And that the imagery with the with the palm trees, and aren't they like wading through water in one scene, like like knee high? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I love. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's that was incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to recall. I hadn't watched it. It's not fresh in my mind, but I remember, like, you know, I like seeing the moments where Gareth Edwards... It's Gareth Edwards, right? Yes. Yeah, where he's, like, they show little bits of him directing, like, the camera work, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I eat that up. Especially when you have, like, a furry alien guy, like... Turning yeah, I love that guy guys. with the gun. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, the protocol droid and everything like that. It's like, this is... Or that there's that one stormtrooper that's riding on the top of the tank. And his helmet yeah. is so different, but just so like ominous, you know. And the way that they're they're lending a lot more personality to stormtroopers than we've ever really seen. Exactly. So I, like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if we're gonna get kind of like a different side of the empire, you know, kind of understanding maybe if it's fanatical or maybe how the political or social structure of things has like warranted that all to happen. You know, I'm sure they'll draw on like World War Two and stuff in certain ways, but, you know, I'm like paralleling them with the Nazis in the same kind of way, but, um, you know, it's interesting now we get, not to go off on too big of a tangent, like we have like all these videos of like cops uh, and shootings and, and, you know, just like having this day-to-day -day fear of like the police and it seems like we live in like a police state some of the time um, to see 
a film this dark and like realistically represented. Like it's really down to earth type of film. Um, it's it's it, it invokes those kind of same images, like you know the stormtroopers on their day to day patrols down in the marketplace. Uh, you know they're like, what is that really reflecting? You know, in terms of our 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 overall like mythology and like why Star Wars is so relatable. I don't know. It looks good. Yeah, that would be <laughs> quite the tangent. Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say. The it seemed like when they made the first reboot, the the Force Awakens, it seemed like that was a really like conservative effort. They wanted to just give you the greatest yeah. hits, make sure yeah. we can kind of get this whole ball rolling, but we're going to play it as safe as we possibly can. But yeah. with this new one, it seems like okay, now that we've uh, gotten past the first hurdle, we're going to be at least a little bit more experimental. Not like, yeah. you know, uh, David Lynch style or whatever, but you know we're gonna right. leave those like very tight chains that we were in for Force Awakens yeah. at least a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we're in like a very post Batman Begins world now. You know, like where we can see that realistic, dramatic, uh, relatable interpretations of fantastical characters and worlds can can be successful and and uh, you know say certain things about its audience. You know, even Suicide. Squad is kind of representing some of that. It's like a grittier realism that's there too, for the most part, other than the monsters, of course. Yeah. But I see that in this, this like in the Star Wars. You know, it seems like it's a very, it's a much more like handheld approach to what we're used to. You know, big studio kind of. It feels like an independent science fiction film, to be honest. I mean, I think what they learned from the George Lucas prequels from the '90s was that you know the biggest thing everybody hated was the overuse of CG. Yeah. I mean, remember there was that one stormtrooper that was just a guy in a suit, should have been a guy in a suit, and but they and he's just leaning on a rock or whatever. <laughs> and he's a total computer. Yeah, he's all CG. It's like what is going on here? This this movement <laughs> the movement back to practical effects really is yeah. great. Not that I I'm not yeah. super against CG, but it do, it does seem to make it better, makes it a little bit more charming and it, it it's also it calls back to the time in which it was made, to mm -hmm. the greatest time in which yeah. it was made as well. So there's a nostalgia factor and all yeah. that. So uh it seems it, like they 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 know what they're doing overall. Yeah. I say for sake of realism, they're trying to like, kind of like, sell it home a little bit more than because like the prequels definitely were, were kind of a caricature of what we're used to. And they they for the new movies they've used the term lived in. You know they want to have this world feel lived in, oh. um, the way that like Blade Runner felt the first time you saw that. You know what I mean? So, it's I mean I'm so glad and like sometimes I'm like almost grateful that the prequels came out because it did it kind of spawned this this age we're in now where where the experimentation isn't like you said like eccentric it's more like what could we really do with these characters and these worlds and these anthology films i can see being for certain demographics you know there's going to be an anthology film that's just for kids at some point i mean if the anthology film that's a little bit darker maybe rogue one right that's right. more for like the adult star wars fan and then force awakens is kind of like home base yeah, yeah. It seems like that's the strategy, and they they probably have this planned out for like ten years, you know. Oh man, yeah. I bet as soon as fucking probably when Phantom Menace came out, somebody was like, "Oh shit, we need to start working on this now." Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like let let George do his thing. I mean, we kind of have to, you know, gotta yeah. muscle him out of this. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But it it's it's pretty strange. Um, 
But man, Rogue One looks good, and I'm 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 still like you know you heard the rumors of like reshoots that they did after principal photography was finished. Um, but uh, but I mean, who even really knows what that means? It's just it's nice to see where it's going. I mean, reshoots could be bad, could be good. You know, yeah. it could just be neutral. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as soon as something is shot, probably a couple hours later, it goes into an editing bay, and it goes into what you know. I have never been in a uh, editing bay for a feature film like a tr- you know triple A title right. or whatever like this, but yeah. I-, I believe they call it scene assembly, where you uh-huh. can see exactly where it's going to be in the movie. Is it a bunch of Guatemalan chicks and nothing but their underwear? <laughs> I don't know. Cutting it together? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, Stefan. <laughs> but. but uh, you know they 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 can they probably there's there's just like a full cut of this movie somewhere already right and yeah. uh at least scene assembly is is as far as that's concerned that's just putting the shots in order of the movie and somebody's uh, like nah man of, we need to see more titties it's like well we need to see more of this and that and whatever so right. maybe they got the idea from watching a scene assembly cut I really don't know but right. it's gonna be interesting to see. And uh, that's basically it. You guys have any other final thoughts on that? Nah, I think it looks yeah, I'm great. Good. I'm really excited. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're gonna move straight into talking about <laughs> Game of Thrones, which we're like a f- nearly a month late on this shit. So wait, we went to the last two episodes, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's start off with the second to last one then. The Battle of the... What was it called? Bastards. Battle of the Bastards. Go ahead, guys. Take it away. Go. I want Joey, go ahead. Uh, let's see. Battle of the Bastards. Um, you know, just like their ninth episodes, use the arts. This one was actually sort of two battles. You know, you kind of had the, the battle at Marine and then the battle at uh, Winterfell. Um The the footage was great. I mean, the battle was great. Um, You know, fucking, you know, we've got one less Stark kid now, which is pretty (laughs) shitty. You know, if you you think of, like, how old Rickon is in the books, like, he's he's like a little kid still. So we're going to have a little kid, like, in the books, we're going to have, like, a little kid, like, wallowing through the, the, the battlefield just to get hit by an arrow when he's, like four or five years old, that's going to suck. Right. Um, but other than that, um, I thought it was awesome. For that, uh, you know, I think Ramsey, it was hard, it, it was hard to sort of figure out, like, what should have been Ramsey's uh, death. Like, like what, right. what, what is a good right. Ramsey? Because he's done so much yeah. to people. And it's like, well, yeah. you can't, like, nothing's good enough. But I felt like that was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty good to let his to sick his dog just like just for him to get feel himself just being pulled apart. Yeah, that part I felt like was a good death for him because of like what he did to Sansa specifically, and I feel yes, like they're building yes, yes. her they're building her character into this arc right now that's gonna give her a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of her like power. Uh, her taking the power there, kind of from from that character or whatever, and and yeah. you know he deserved it because of what he did to her, but because also of what he did to so many other people, and so many other people deserve just as much revenge as Sansa got. 
but I think because of what, the way that they're they're writing her character, mm-hmm. they, I, it felt the de- his death felt a little rushed. Like I could even he didn't. I don't think he had to die necessarily just then, but right. you know, it's kind of, it was it was satisfying how he did die, but at the same time, I was just like it felt kind of forced on me. But I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Let's all right, let's move on because I really like that character. Um, he, you know, you love to hate him because he's just such a fucking vile, yeah, yeah, entity. You know what I mean? And it's just like he could die a thousand times over, and you would love every one of them. And that's, I mean, that Very makes true. him a good character, I guess. Very true. So that was that was definitely an interesting. Yeah, the the the, the battle shots are great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the sort of tracking shot with him kind of going. Oh, in it was and, good. Yeah. Um, and the, you know they kind of talk about it, it's sort of like the luck of the battle. You see him, like, you know, fending off uh, the the flayed men, and then, uh, you know, you see somebody coming at him from behind, and then just, like, another horse takes that guy out, and you're like, oh, shit. So, you know, it's like sort of the luck, almost, you know, having somebody uh, uh, have your back, you know? Right. Um, I wish the... Well, we would have seen, like... I know, I know, I feel like I've talked about this before, but um, maybe just with you guys off the podcast, but I would have, I wish we could have had like at least a couple of shots of Ghost doing something. Right. Because you know? yeah. the, the, the Dire Wolves, I feel like in the show, have just taken like a really far back seat, you know? I mean, I understand yeah. it, it's CG and, you know, it costs a lot to sort of put them in there, but just to like, just to have them like, Hiding in, you know, laying in a corner or something. But for the battle, just have them like run up and attack a couple people, like you know, in like two or three shots, and that's done. It's like, okay, go cool, ghosts out there. He's, he's, you know, he's getting some action. Um, yeah, definitely. And then uh, that pileup scene when like John's like getting trampled and like about to get suffocated. Yeah. Oh man, I felt like I was gonna like suffocate. I was just like, yeah, that shit was pretty heavy. I was sitting in my hotel, <laughs> like I was like getting very claustrophobic. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm stressing out here. There's a <laughs> there's a parallel there with that shot of him like finally getting out over the crowd of like dead bodies. Um, I was reading something where it's like it's set kind of to parallel when Daenerys was hoisted up over the crowd and they were like worshiping her. Um, when she freed the slaves. Uh-huh. So like there's like visual parallels that are going there between those two and as it stands like those two are being drawn closer and closer together. Right. Um uh, as we expect in in some way I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that cuz I hear well, I also read that that well not it was like speculative but that like Tyrion would also be a kind of a good choice for Daenerys to end up marrying so who knows, you know, because those are like the pillar characters right now as everybody's like dying off, they're finishing off the story. But um, I thought that was a cool moment. And then when Jon Snow is standing in front of that, um, the the rushing of like the whole army of horses and shit at him and he's just like throws the scabbard down, pulls the sword out and he's like, fucking let's go, dude. That was, like, his, that was, that was his for Frodo moment. <laughs> yeah, if, like, if ever, if like his... Uh, up until that point, I could still see people debating like why Jon Snow is, you know, like as good a character as he is. Like, you know, some I've not that I've heard it or anything, but I could see people being like, oh, he's so overrated. Fuck Jon Snow or whatever. There's better characters, blah blah blah. But um, but that moment, I was just like, that was like that was like Mulder running into the fucking tunnels to go see what's in there in complete darkness, you know, without any fear. Like that's good writing, man. They just had him standing there with this sword, ready to die, have has already died before, 
this point. Like, he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Or he doesn't have as much to lose anymore because because he's seen death, and 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 longs for it now after having been dead. Like that's pretty good. <laughs> I've actually gotten to this argument at work though a little bit because this girl she was a fan of Jon Snow, uh, go figure, right? But she said she starting not to not like him anymore because he seems so irresponsible in that fight. <laughs> I love- <laughs> And she yeah. was like, I was, I felt like, have we, have we set this guy up for being a very responsible guy? Like, why is this so no. different from what you expect? He's I an mean, easy sell with good he's, moments. He's Plus been, that, that one scene before with Melisandre, the red witch uh, mm-hmm. woman, yeah. there's that weird uh, conversation they have. And that made me think, and I'm probably wrong about this. I don't know, but it made me think that he was going to be like blessed in battle or something. And there's all these shots mm-hmm. in the battle of him, like narrowly avoiding death. Yeah, and so I, that reinforced my theory. But it seems like nobody else thinks this. So maybe no. I'm the yeah. only well, I'm the only well, person. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. she sat back on that battle, man. She didn't do anything. But I mean, the but, being blessed by that god she worships or dude, something. The sole, the sole fact that he is resurrected due to actions that were set in motion, story wise, by her. Like, there's still something going on there, for sure. And not, like, kind of just to reinforce your theory, because I dig that a little bit. But, um, there, yeah, there were moments. Like, he's like, for somebody who's been in all these battles and stuff, who hasn't fought as much as he's evaded most, like, damage or death, for the most part, um, it, like, I feel like that says a lot about where that character is going. Especially, like, Melisandre, like, uh, I don't know. There's still something going on with because we still don't know like why he's back alive or how that work, how that works, how that happened. Maybe they won't ever explain that though. You know. You think? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, it's hard to let go of Melisandre. She was a dime piece, man. <laughs> uh, I never was a huge fan of her personally. What? I mean, she has a good rack, but. <laughs> other than, other than that, I don't know. I might have even went at it with the necklace off. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you like her? You like her that much, huh? No, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, the first those she's just. I mean, she's a work of art. That woman, whoever she is. Hmm. So you're you crush you crush pretty hard on this chick. I crushed on Melisandre, man. I'm like, bring me back to life, baby. Bring you me should. Back you to should life. watch. Um, uh, <laughs> Paul Verhoeven's The Black Book, because she's the lead actress. No shit. Yeah. She show her rack in that. Oh, The Black Book's awesome. I totally forgot. No way. Yeah, that's All her. Right. Right no, yeah. I like The Black Book. She's naked like half the movie. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Sounds I'm like gonna... a pretty good movie. Uh, Amazon <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah, it's a World War II film, and of course it's Paul Verhoeven, yeah. so it's pretty graphic. Yeah, it's graphic good. and sensational and like... I like his movies. Paul Verhoeven's a shit. All right, so on to the last episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Joey. Lead the way. Um, man, they, they, this was almost like an episode nine. You know, just like so much stuff happened. Um, get the the High Sparrow and the, the Marjorie's, her family just got wiped out. You know, hey, they're done. 
you know. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I was expecting something like else from like Marjorie's sort of storyline, even though she really didn't do too much. She seemed like she just like had this sort of way about her, and I was like wondering where it was going to go. But I guess that was pretty much it. And Loris too seems Loris. almost like an innocent party in that. In that, I mean, yeah, like, I don't think she give she gave a shit, but he was kind of innocent, right? Yeah, yeah, he, you know, but he just he like, was a pawn. He was used mm -hmm. as a. He definitely got but, used as a pawn. You know, Cersei's queen. She's got her black robe on. She's oh, like, she's ready to do some damage. She was fucking majestic in that episode, dude. That <laughs> costume was. She was like wearing a funeral dress. She fucking drank a glass of wine and like. <laughs> that music it's like a nine to ten minute long sequence that whole yeah. thing yeah that, that music was really that's interesting. playing dude it was like i mean a lot of that episode played out in a montage but i'm like i'm a montage at my heart like oh I yeah love they, montage they usually don't but, do that for game of thrones right they don't do that for game of thrones at all because there's been especially in the first few seasons there has been a very clear effort to be like these are these people and this is what's going on <laughs> but now that we're, you know, for the most part, we're there and it's the final seasons, they're really having a lot of fun. Like, that was so stylistic, man. It was like a Philip Glass-style piano and choir kind of shit. It was just so dramatic and so emotional. And the way, like, visual storytelling was so great because, they, you know, like, the music helps kind of captivate you and motivate you through. But that imagery, man, when fucking What's-His-Face, uh, I forget, uh... I forget which one, the main kind of right-hand man of the 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 High Sparrow was crawling towards that goo, that green oh, yeah. explosive uh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man, what's his name? He's like, he's the cousin, Lannister. Right, cousin. right, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that the color of those casks, that, like, green, like, predator blood kind of, like, mm -hmm. I immediately associate that with being more of, like, a sci-fi kind of, like, color or tone if that I mean that sounds kind of weird you know, but wildfire. when he's like walking towards through that you know it's just one of those reminders that this show has done so well and and, and dramatically is realistic that there are certain moments when you give like oh it's just it's fantasy but like it's done so well like right when he gets there and the whole candle and everything and the looks on everybody's faces right before that massive explosion <laughs> and then fucking like Cersei you know standing above the wreck and then uh, t uh, King um, Tommen. His name? King Tommen. Tommen, when he jumps out the window, I was like, you know, I was like, that, good. Like, I'm glad. Get out of here, kid. You're mucking up the works. Like, <laughs> it, Cer it's Cersei all the way, man. She is a force to be fucking reckoned with. And that whole sequence was so amazing. Yeah, I mean, now at this point, she definitely, other than Jamie, she has yeah. nothing left to lose. So. She, right. I mean, she she's no longer like the uh, uh, what a queen regent. You know, she's full right. queen now. So she, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna get nuts. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, and then like anybody can die at this point now. Like, yeah. and they've set it up so well that they could pick off anybody, and it'd be like, oh my god, dude. So you got to be like weary of what characters' stories are starting to like sew themselves up in some ways because those characters, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, oh, we, we don't really need this character anymore. Like, the wildling girl that uh, that um, Ramsey killed in, like, the oh, sure. third third to last episode, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. like, she was, she's a great character, but it's just like, winter is here, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> he was done. Um, yeah. And then we got uh, Arya. She came out of nowhere. Oh. I can surprise the shit out of me, dude. I was I was yeah, really was happy. Cool. I was like I was I was all very giggly when that <laughs> when she just like slit Walter Frey's throat. It was just like you know peeled back her face. I was like, oh yeah. yes. Very very rarely do you get those moments in Game of Thrones where somebody you want to win actually wins. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's how these two episodes have been. It's like we're mm-hmm. you know we're actually getting some wins here. You yeah, know we do, right. But, and then you know, with uh, with Daenerys, like you know, she's she's finally got her boats, her ships. Finally, you know, they're heading across the sea. You know, finally after six seasons, she's finally going to Westeros. Um, you know, she's going to she's joining the battle, man. Yeah, I have a question about like the overall Game of Thrones deal here, and who's rustling around, man? What is that? <laughs> Sorry, that's me. You could hear that like crazy, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Start over. Okay. All right. I just had a question about the. <laughs> He's still fucking moving around. Do you need to? Do you need to get something out of the way real quick, or? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. I just had a question about like the overall thing, like the overall uh, end game for Game of Thrones, because it seems like there's two things going on. One, there's this fight against the White Walkers with Winter coming. Mm-hmm. And then there's this power grab for the for the for the Iron Throne, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like these are two separate things. It seems like because Daenerys and shit are only about the Iron Throne, and they don't even it seems like they don't even know what the White Walkers are. There's they're not even talking about that whatsoever. Right. So I wonder, are they? Or is there going to be like a uh, a point where these two conflicts, these separate conflicts, come together? Like, what if the White Walkers make it all the way to fucking Winterfell or wherever the fuck the uh, Westeros, yeah, King's Landing, King's Landing, where the Iron Throne is. What if they, and then the, those two battles become one. That I believe that's what's going to end up happening. Happening. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, you basically at this point you have Cersei uh, and then and then Danny. Nobody else is going after the throne at this point. It's just like nobody cares. You got the everybody else is sort of like was dealing with Winterfell. Um, and then you got you know the the White Walkers coming down. Uh, basically, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the only way the White Walkers can get down to Winterfell and King's Landing is that the wall has to basically come down. Right. So that's got to happen. That's got to happen. Yeah. Because like everybody's like, oh, White Walkers, they don't exist. It's a fairy tale. Blah blah blah. So you know, to uh, obviously we got to break that. And everybody's just gonna be running for their lives while, like, you know, these dead ice men are coming through, killing everybody, and then those corpses are rising up, and then they're, co- you know, and they're killing other people. So it's it's gonna be pretty crazy. Yeah, and I mean, what's the White Walker's goal exactly? Just to kill everybody and make everybody a White Walker? I I guess so. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a zombie. It's kind yeah. I guess maybe just like bring more to the ranks. Yeah. Um, you're just kind of a mindless thing, killing uh, thing, a disease. Yeah, just take over. You know, there's no real uh, end game, I guess, or you know, thought. What if it ends with them just like destroying all humanity? It's like a Terminator <laughs> fantasy world where there's just like a small resistance underground, or the Matrix where <laughs> the bad guys win. 
Yeah, it, yeah. Just, it just ends, and you see a naked man and a naked woman stand up with leaves on their privates. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> totally. This is what happens. And then a fucking White Walker <laughs> takes their heads off. Whack! And we'll keeps walking. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, no Adam and Eve here. <laughs> Everybody's dead. Fuck, Game yeah, of Thrones is uh, tapped. Yeah. Deep. All right, so what do we got next? All right, moving on from that. Uh, let's see. Uh... Have we all seen the the latest Ghostbusters? Yes, I I haven't. Okay, Joey and I but saw it together. Joey and I saw it together. We're trying to not keep it too spoilerific for you, Stefan. All right, I might go tonight after this. Okay. Take it away, Joey. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was pretty funny. Um, I liked the characters. Um, you know, Melissa McCarthy. She's basically sort of herself. Um, there was, you know, it didn't get really. It wasn't very raunchy, um, right, right? You know, right. kind of a lot, of, a lot of the big comedy films, you know, get to be pretty raunchy. But I'm glad they didn't really do that for Ghostbusters. They kept it pretty smart. Um, there's a lot of cameos from, you know, comedy actors that we know of and have seen in other things. Um, you know, yeah, I, I liked everybody's character. I, I, I enjoyed what they did with it. Um, I'm sure it could have been better in, in some areas, but I think we definitely got a, a better movie than what people were expecting. Um, and I, I definitely enjoyed it. Cool. The, the, I mean, the main thing I kept thinking the whole time was like, this in no way, shape, or form warrants the hate that it got before it even was released. Mm-hmm. Like, if this, if this was... If it ended up being that bad... I would have hated it, but I would have been like, okay, you guys are right. But it actually is pretty fucking good. Like, there's not much nice. to there's not much to complain about. And I'm glad that they didn't use that new Fallout Boy song that much. I think they played it once in a sequence that made sense and actually made that song okay. Because I'm not a real big fan of that re that remake, Fallout mm-hmm. Boy, and I think Missy Elliott. Um, I mean, I'm sure they want to they wanna update and all that. It makes sense from a producer's standpoint. But they used the old song two, at least two times, maybe three. Mm-hmm. So that oh, was God. that was great. I, I mean, it's used in really good areas. Uh-huh. And, of course, you know, there's it the did, yeah, did, gender the... change. And, and there's a, the, what you call it, uh, the comedy style, of course, changes from Bill Murray and Aykroyd and all the old guys' style to mm-hmm. Wig and McCarthy's style. And if you don't like that, that's fine. But it just seems like there's been it. It always feels like under the surface is a bit of sexism there. Maybe I'm wrong, oh, but totally. it does feel oh, that totally. way. What are you gonna say, Joey? I was saying I felt like that song wasn't as powerful, obviously, as the original. It just didn't have the same like get up and beat. You know, it just didn't. It didn't like I wasn't like moving in my seat when that when that song came on. Like, you know, that's how when I watched first Ghostbusters, like this song comes on, you're like, oh man. We're doing it. Getting into this. Well, they, I mean, s- slight spoilers here, but they use that song in a in a suit up sequence, like they're putting on all their gear, mm-hmm. f- like maybe for the first time. And I mean, yeah, it's not as good as as the first as Ray Parker Jr. song at all. Uh, but it's at least in that scene, I was like, okay, this is not bad. You know, they had to use a song. They used it well. Yeah. Kate McKinnon you know? was just like a quirky like engineer. She was just like she's pretty she was hilarious. Uh, Leslie Jones was I hilarious. love it. <laughs> I love it, dude. I, I love it. 
I was because I I think that like a lot of the hate that it got was bullshit. Yeah. You know, right yeah. off. Like I love Paul Feig. He's a seasoned comedic director, and all those chicks, man, it's their time to shine. I don't know if chicks is sexist, but you know what nah, I mean. It's I like, don't think it's so, like, not necessarily. I, it's it was such a fresh idea when it came out, and it got so much hate, and like it's so great to hear just from you guys talking about it that it's not marred so much by that like internet hate, which is good because then it shows you the power of where the internet is for yeah. certain things. I mean, I've, I've, but, I definitely felt that the, they could have done better, better with the trailer. Oh, uh, the trailer yeah. was terrible, man. Yeah. Terrible. They, they, they yeah. Actually, I liked the first trailer, because, but only because I was like, yes, I'm so down for this. But I think conceptually, you know, anytime... Or I saw there's some other guy I follow online, uh, and he was saying, like, not really my cup of tea. You know, it's like, whatever, girl Ghostbusters, not a big deal. Just a huge fan of the original. And now it's like, anytime a Ghostbuster fan says they're a huge fan of the original, they're fucking sexist, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, because what the fuck is different other than their gender and right. maybe they're, so, just, it, they're kind of humor, it, but, I mean, even if it was guys, though, that another guy would have probably have a different sense of humor, right? If that shit had yeah. Will Ferrell so and Kevin Hart and, like, two other comedians that I can't think of at the moment, it, it, <laughs> it would have never gotten that much hate. Yeah, yeah and if they like, had... Oh, shit. Like, Harold Ramis died, and Bill Murray didn't want to do it, not in the way that... Uh, he didn't want to come back as a Ghostbuster. Right. Right? So... Uh, it comes back as something different, so he has. Uh, yeah, spoilers there, but uh, yeah, a lot of cameos what? from the old from the old cast. Oh, shit. Are there, and they're all tasteful, and they sync up well, and it's not like Dawn of Justice where they're thrown in. It's organic, and um, nice. Yeah, man, and you know the Rotten Tomatoes score. Not that they're like the end all be all, but the, it is showing that they're like at what seventy four percent right now, certified. Something around there, yeah. And that's about right. I mean, it's it's not the funniest movie you've ever seen in your life, but the internet has been so awful towards this movie. I, it's crazy, man, because I like to view the nerd community as being somewhat liberal and like a little bit more enlightened. And then stuff like this comes out, and it's like, what the fuck happened, bro? I don't know, man. The internet's a pretty ridiculous place. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it's yeah, just, it's yeah. Just like you, you let your inner id just come out and just yeah. be, just be the worst. And it's kind of be. a safe, it's kind of a safe haven for hate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because it of the anonymous nature of it. Exactly. Yeah. You're very you anonymous. Know, Nobody knows who you are unless you come up against a hacker. Then you're screwed. But right. uh, you know. <laughs> As somebody who's on the internet a lot of the time, um, it's hard. It's, sometimes it's hard to see outside of that and, and think like you know maybe like actually good movies do make an impact by just being good movies. So even if it's just good enough, you know, because like right now, like Force Awakens was good as it had to be, and hopefully, from what it sounds like, this Ghostbusters is the same way, which would be cool because if you can after that fact like create a new demographic and get sequels made um, based on these new characters and new situations and that's like a great thing because the spirit of it is still uh, alive and, and well and you know, like yeah. proton packs ain't going anywhere anytime soon yeah and you get the feeling that the cast really liked being a ghostbuster oh like, I love them all man that's like yeah, this, this was something they, they really liked they really enjoyed and they had some new great. they kind of like uh, yeah yeah um, 
made sort of the old gadgets, so, you know, they kind of made them kind of newer and had like a um, couple different, you know, enhancements and, you know, various other gadgets. Um, and then there was also a villain that they don't really show you in the trailers who I thought was pretty awesome. I, li- I, cool. I liked him. He was just like this socially awkward guy and just kind of how... I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's, it's um, good, man. It's definitely, I mean, there's going to be a lot worse movies this year, I'll tell you that much. So far, this is fucking lame, other than Captain America. Like, I feel like not much has come out. Is it too early? Not much that has been good. Right, yeah. Like, there has been, like, nothing for the last... Three or four weeks, there has been nothing good that I can recall. It's kind of a low like summer in, season, probably. Well, yeah. Finding Finding Dory is kicking a lot of ass, though. Is it? I'm not into yes. fucking Pixar anymore. Did you? Not see, that I'm not um, into it, but it's like you know. Swiss Army Man and Captain Fantastic out there. Captain Fantastic might not be. Yeah, no, it's just it's it selects cities right now. But what about Swiss Army well, Man? I, I don't know that. I don't know that one. But Swiss Army Man, I definitely want to see. But it seems that, you know, like on the upper tier kind of things, like the next things we have are Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad's probably the biggest movie right now, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know if that uh, means, I, is a I, good I, sign or if it's like a, a sign of a season that's just kind of floundering because... It's currently know, tracking it's, for the highest o- uh, August opening of all time. Yeah. Right, that'll be cool. Yeah, so I, it's going to be that huge. That movie to me looks so great. So, I don't know, maybe it's just like... It's just, it's been, maybe I'm just in the moment here, but it's been kind of like a slow summer, and maybe that's a good thing because there's yeah. a lot to to uh, expect. But do you guys yeah, have the generally out there? Have the what? The shallows. Uh, yeah, I think that's out definitely. Okay, I mean, that's, that's yeah, we got pretty much everything except for anything too independent. But um, yeah, I want to see the shallows. That looks cool. Um, it has good reviews too. Yeah, maybe it's more of like an independent thing too, because a lot of these smaller movies are making bigger waves than some of the bigger movies anymore. Yeah, like the well, they all movies, came out in spring to just, too. Just take... Yeah, that's true. They kind of they blew their load earlier. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we but had then... we had Deadpool in February, which was really the mm-hmm. kickoff of the year, and then we had yeah, maybe it was Civil earlier, War then. and Dawn of Justice and uh, X Men already done before we even get to June. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get to chime in on that episode, and I just want to say that I. I'm like one of the biggest Brian Singer haters, X-Men haters that you'll hear talk about shit on recording, but I take some of that shit back because I really <laughs> like I really liked X-Men Apocalypse. And not because it was a good movie, it was a total fucking mess, but it kind of like it it paid to fan service in a way that was kind of just like, all right, I'm I'm getting out of here guys, but you know, here's this <laughs> you know it seemed like it mined the cartoon and the comics for some cool shit and just slammed them right up against one another and there were actually some pretty good scenes man it was pretty satisfying in my opinion anyway tangent over i liked it oh yeah it definitely was was pretty good it wasn't as good as civil war that, but it was it was good right right that but i knew at the end of that i'm like i'm going to get this i'm going to want to watch this again and again um that quick silver sequence was fucking really fun yeah, you know, in, fun, in a yeah. satisfying kind of like obvious sort of way, like just fucking throw the Eurythmics on. And now, like, anytime <laughs> I hear that song since that movie, which is a lot, seems like uh, due to Pandora stations everywhere I go. But I hear that song a lot, and I'm just like, now it's like there's another context to it. There's a fucking X Men context to 
fucking sweet dreams and i just would like to thank ryan singer for that moment because that shit was dope <laughs> wow yeah you should have been on that episode man i know my life sucks man <laughs> it can't be it can't be that bad are you kidding me <laughs> i'm just kidding Oh man, but you're, I think you're probably right though, because Independence Day didn't hit that well, and 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 I think yeah. Tarzan, a couple others, like they just not yeah. super. That's big what I'm gonna do t- hits. tomorrow. I'm making a day of it. I'm gonna go catch up on some movies, man. It's been a while. I haven't watched a full feature length film in maybe two to three weeks at this point, and that's like extreme. Hurting. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of long. I do. Think I don't the, know what's the next... up, but. Sorry, yeah. The, ne- the ahead, next no big bad. one's going to be Suicide Squad for sure. And I think that the yeah. main... We're going off the rails a little bit here, but the, the uh, I think... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the main draw draw for that movie is going to be that Leto Joker, more than Will Smith. Oh, definitely. People want to see what a new Joker is like, right? Right. I think... I mean, I think there's a lot of draws there. They're really hitting on a lot of angles. Like, Will Smith has still a pretty strong fan base... Especially in the African American community, for sure. Dude, I—I um, I mean, Will Smith goes. I mean, of course, I mean, in, he's in the black he's community, but, Ali, dude, like, but every—I think he's like everybody, you know. man. He's a list. Come on, everybody yeah, loves that guy, right? But Jared Leto's Joker is just—I think—I think the Joker more so than Jared Leto, and I think he knew that, and I think that's—I think the actors that play Joker know that, and they have to go all in, right? Because it's just like that's what people are like. The Joker. Is it the Joker is probably the second most famous villain next to Darth Vader? I'd say in our generation. I think you're right about that. Actually, I think I would say more than Darth Vader because I think probably older people like they could recognize he's from Star Wars, maybe. But I think like maybe because of Adam West or something. But everybody, almost everybody, can recognize the Joker. Yeah, that character does and says things that we all wish we could. You know, for the same nihilistic reasons of having nothing to lose and everything to gain. Like right. what bigger joke is there? <laughs> um, the but, jo- making man, a joke out of Batman's and, life, right? Like yeah, making, making a joke, a joke out of his mission. Like, like he doesn't want to, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to kill Batman. He wants to break no. him. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate villain he's, right there. man. He's Batman's best friend. You know, he's like in that way, he checks his motherfucking friend because you're acting like a dick, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And plus yeah. like, like, like think about it. Them talking about heroes and villains being opposite. Can you imagine Batman telling a joke or Bruce Wayne telling a joke that would right. never, it's so out of character. We know, we know this motherfucker was homeschooled. We know he didn't go to social occasions probably ever in his life. Like he just trained most unfunny. That is one thing I love about Arkham Knight's Bruce Wayne Batman. He's a fucking dick, dude. No, I yeah. don't think you're. Uh, no, I don't think you're good enough. You yeah. can't do it. You can't. You know, like that. Shit. <laughs> well, he's weird. he's a dick in a couple iterations, right? Like in uh, one of the DC yeah. animated uh, animated movies, he Superman says, "Thanks, Bruce. I could have done it without you." And then Batman says, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. But you love that about him. That's the thing too. Is he's like he's the hero you love to hate, and Joker's the villain you love to hate. They're made for each other. Exactly. You complete me. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Nolan really, really like ta- you know yeah. uh, tapped yeah. into all that. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to say is Harley Harley Quinn too, because I think a lot 
I mean, a lot of these female empowering characters, man, this shit is cool. Like, this shit is really good. Like, I see Definitely. this reflected in, in, in the dialogues that I have with women that I talk to about movies and shit and TV shows and stuff. Like, it's awesome. I'm so happy. Like, I'm really excited for the Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson because it's, like, it's hitting on a few levels the same way that Suicide Squad is hitting on a few levels with their demographics, their characters. And I think Harley Quinn kind of, like, speaks to the 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 wild girl who's, you know, like, I don't know where I'm getting, but, you know, like, speaks to the wild spirit, like, that more free-spirited, you know, she's not Wonder Woman, she's not fucking the Black Widow, she's her own thing, you know, she represents a certain archetype that transcends sexes, you know, she's the female Joker. Yeah, that's, the, that's, from, sort from of, that's sort of accurate, I feel like, but then you have, like... Like it's, I've always thought this. It was weird that so many girls love Harley Quinn, but at the same time, she is the poster child for a girl in abusive relationship. <laughs> right? Yeah. I always thought it was so of. weird. It's like girls didn't ever think about that. They just think about the fun parts. But I don't you think that <laughs> at least at least the uh, it, she's not a real person, obviously, right? But if you think about the psychology of this character. She's she's a brainwashed by Joker. That's probably the main thing. But also, like, she's hiding all the pain with this laughter because she loves the Joker so much, but he is abusive towards her. And we haven't seen that in the yeah. trailer, but I'm assuming they're going to copy Mad Love from the animated series, which really comes in on that really hard. So Really? Cool. Yeah, like, he's... There's a scene where the Joker backslaps her face and they cut away because it's, <laughs> it's too much for uh, kids, but they, they, they totally right. do it. And uh, I, it's just, I always thought it was so weird that so many girls love yeah. that character so much because she is so well, broken. She's broken. Many, many different types of girls, man. Many different types of women. But it, it's because it, it seems like they're playing towards that direction with the Leto's Joker as well because it seems like from the plot synopsis and stuff that he's like seeking her out trying to like reel her back into his game their game yes and I, I love that I love that yeah that's cool and which which is where I suppose like you know in a story sense where that empowerment of that character of that archetypical personality where that shines through not only for her but also for the Joker like you know, who are the Jokers in our lives and who are the fucking Batman? Like, that's why that shit is so cool because it's like an effortless tap into, like, deep parts of our mythology. And, and you know, that's an, it's, it's also another way that they can differentiate from Leto's Joker because Leto's Joker was such mm -hmm. this mysterious force that comes out of nowhere, whereas yeah. the rumor anyway is that they're going to go into Joker's backstory a la Killing Joke and... Mm -hmm. They are going, you know, there's Harley Quinn in it. That's totally a new factor. So, uh, I mean, forget the tattoos, you know, obviously that's there. But there's also these other factors that make it completely different from the Nolan Joker. So, I think we're in for some really good stuff, ultimately. Yeah. The marketing is great, man. It's like... Oh, yeah. That be kind of like shiny, but grim. Like yeah, kind of it's bright, just out but grim. there, graffiti kind of kind of shit going on just like wacky and wild like yeah it's a to me it's feeling a lot like fight club like seeing the trailers to the you first so? to, the first trailers to fight I agree club. yeah just that. like just the it's it's that. it's pulpy it's noirish and it's like but it has like a real sensibility of like where we are this time and place right now um 
and I mean, maybe just the lighting, just the way that they're approaching, like the visual style, it evokes a lot that of that to me. And I remember Fight Club just being like such a huge revelation in cinema at the time for where I was as a movie fan. That well, it's you were in tenth grade, bro. So you... <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it was. It's, well, these Suicide Squad images are evoking a lot of those same emotions and like that same kind of. Um, intellectual and emotional curiosity uh, like behind there it just it looks like just the style of it is something i haven't seen in a long time if ever but i feel like not a long time to me it seems like they're trying to sort of copy a guardians of the galaxy type thing like here here's our here's our curveball here's our here's our weird pitch we're doing it much earlier than marvel but fuck it and we're even going to put uh, classic rock in the trailers you know <laughs> like that's yeah. That's like definitely like they're kind of copying that in some ways, but also Ayer said the director Ayer he said that they are showing Batman from the villain's perspective, and a lot of them are very afraid of Batman, obviously. So to see that too is going to be awesome, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, slight tangent there, but fuck it. Um, we were going to talk about Stranger Things. We've all been watching that, but we wanted to wait for Maddie to come on board, and we kind of don't know where he is right now. Um, I will say without Please talking about work. Okay, briefly. Uh, I've watched half the season, and it's fucking awesome. And if you want to uh, to to say it to people that don't know anything about it, I would say it's kind of like Super Eight. Made into a Netflix series, but better. Yeah, yeah, better. <laughs> uh, I mean, Super Eight is, I think, the best way we can say it really quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the the music's very it's 80s like, and synth. It's like an it's great. It's like it's like an 80s mixtape narrative. Oh yeah, and that <laughs> opening, dude. Why does Netflix destroy opening credits? Holy <laughs> shit. Like the da the Daredevil opening scene? Like a, yep, totally. Sweet like, lord. Like said, they man, kill I those think, opening credits, don't they? I think I think these companies are utilizing algorithms that like run through the data of like what are the most captivating parts like mathematically possible for these opening sequences because yeah. they're all amazing they're all great and i think i think it's just like the same thing with stranger Th things i'm like there's at every turn i'm just like i want a reason not to like it just because it's so good so far and i'm like how could this be so damn good it just like it doesn't i feel like it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like robots aren't writing these movies so how far <laughs> are you into it so far Stefan? uh i've watched the first two episodes and oh i'm farther like, than you yeah, it's hitting it's hitting beats that you've seen, you know, before in every other movie, but it's doing it so well, it's doing it so creatively and with such like charisma and what's the word kind of like such taste. style, you know, taste. it's so smooth, such taste. Yeah, they're like really thought about every little moment they want in here and it's tapping into those like I mean, I I mean, who doesn't love other than other than like 20-something millennials like who doesn't love fucking 80s shit no i that's yeah exactly i love <laughs> i love that 80s shit i love that they're nerds they play D D and they talk about x-men a lot yeah like x i don't know how i mean i don't know how much they brought it up so far um but uh it's like they brought up x-men comics several times dude uh 
at least three or four, and I'm only into uh, episode four, but uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's really great. I didn't know it was even yeah. coming. I, I had no idea it was coming out, guys. Yeah, like, I, this came I, out of nowhere. I see Joey's post, and then yeah. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, not gonna say your last name, but you know Rachel. Uh, yeah, she posted about it as well, Joey. And yeah. I was like, wow, everybody's talking about it. And I started watching it. It's fucking great. And also, yeah. I think, <laughs> I guess girls, maybe I'm, I'm not a girl, never was a girl, but I, I, I'm going to say about boys at least because it's something I can talk about. I have some authority over. But the, 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 I think boys like to go on these like adventures in the woods and like let's <laughs> let's put some let's put some nutter butters in our backpack <laughs> and get a flashlight and let's fucking do this you know what i mean oh yeah like just that adventure aspect that that sense of adventure you have when you're like you could just go out a little bit further I mean, if you're from the country anyway, I don't know how kids are from, because I'm from the country myself. If you, <laughs> if you walk into the woods just a little bit further than where you've been before, it's like you're just on this crazy adventure, right? Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why, like, I only heard about it through Maddie. And, well, I knew about it kind of, but I didn't really care. And, it, like, it takes a lot for anybody to sway me from, like, the media I want to partake in. But Maddie was like, watch this shit, watch this shit, watch this shit, watch this shit. And it's like I, look at those little forest scenes where they're running out and going through with their flashlights and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's evocative of those old movies, but it has enough time to go places those old movies couldn't. And it's going everywhere. You want it to, you know. And, and like, I feel like for like you southern boys, man, like, the, like Maddie in Kentucky, just like at every turn, there's nothing but woods and shit where he's from. That's the just same like, where I'm from. You know, yeah. like for me, that was like like downtown, like waiting for the fucking bus. You know, like around a bunch of people. It wasn't like I feel like it's a really cool experience because it seems like they're tapping into that type of kid, like that type of person, and why those types of movies meant something to that kid. And I feel like it's expressed to me enough to where I'm like, I mean, I had adventures as a kid, but but not quite like these kids. And it seems like they're. Uh, they're really having fun in that environment. Some Sorry, dog, dog barking. barking. Back. Yeah, can you get, can you get that, Stefan? <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you said anything about it, uh, Joey? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, me and my buddies used to, you know, go run off in the woods, and there's like trails and stuff, and just like, you know, it kind of came out to like the little motel and we grab snacks from the vending machine and just kind of walk around. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't like, we wouldn't ever trash anything, but we, we, you know, we might, we might do a little bit of trespassing on, on somewhere, you know, um, but I thought that they, the, the show had a lot, you know, a lot of, um, they do a lot of 80 stereotypes along with also breaking a lot of them too. Right. You know? yeah. Um, Wait, what's uh, what's something? The, what's an uh, example of what they've uh, broken? Um, the I, I don't, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the like sister of one of the boys, you know, is dating this like you know he looks like the the average like jock douchebag, but like he's you know he's 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 he is that, but he's also like has another side to him that you're like yeah. okay. This guy's not so bad. Oh right, right, you know? right, right. Yeah. 
you know, he's not such a douche, and you, you know, he's just kind of a he's just a young idiot. But um, you'll see more of it. But just like kind of little stuff like that, where it's like, okay, they're not just like one-sided uh, characters. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Like the sister, yeah. you, the sister character, you want to immediately write off. It's like, oh, that's big sister. Like everything she thinks about is stupid and boring, and like Dungeons and Dragons is the shit. And my friends are cool. <laughs> like, but then you get into these 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 places of where she's very vulnerable with this guy character. Like I said, I've only been in the first two episodes, but like it does take those turns to where it plays on your expectations mm-hmm. in order to move things forward. And it's like, it's like that's, you know, like they have enough time now to really explore that. And we don't have to worry about those. Um, we don't have to worry so much about the things that are easily recognizable, but now we can really play around with how those work with one another in a more, modern kind of world like they say a lot of modern like like vernacular and shit when they're like douchebag this and that like you never saw i was like wait was that was that right you you don't you don't hear that shit as much in like 80s movies and stuff you hear like dickwad and ass hair and like (laughs) ass hair i don't know know about that stuff i don't know about that that all right sorry that was late that was early mid early 90s that was in the crow (laughs) <laughs> okay. The one kid that they call the bullies called Toothless. I forget his his name in the show. Yeah, but he's great. I love that. Yeah, kid. yeah, he mm-hmm. is great. He is great. You know, I really don't like the the like. I'm sorry not to get racial here, but like the black kid in the fucking <laughs> show. He's really bugging me. First two episodes, tell me he gets better. Where's his second dimension? That's not racial, man. You just don't like his personality. <laughs> I don't. He's just like, no, 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 uh-uh. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Maybe that's because like the black guy always gets killed in '80s movies right away. You know what I mean? You maybe think that's speaking the reason? to that somehow. No, I don't know. I'm just trying to find a reason because I really don't like that character and it has nothing to do with race. But I'm just like, how are these other boy characters, like these young boy characters, so right, good did- and relatable? Well, His I think he's just did, like he's just a naysayer. I'm like, him. why are you even here? Like, naysayer. get out of here. Mostly <laughs> a naysayer. You know, he's he's uh, he sort of he sort of sort of figures it out yeah. and like kind of goes along with it a little later on. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Again, not to be too critical, but I feel like they're being lazy with that character, and I feel like he could he could be more in this world because all the characters, like what you guys are, or like what Joey was saying, is like all these characters are pretty well. D- dimensional, like they're pretty well written and stuff. So, you know, if you're gonna have like a token black character, like make them good. Don't fucking sell them short. That seems like he was written, uh, you know, race blind or whatever. Though, right? They just cast a black kid. Right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, could be. But it, there's but nothing. Yeah. There's nothing that says. I mean, so far anyway, there's nothing to me that says yeah, like right. that this was supposed to be race specific. Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like they're hiding away from that as well, just as much, in order in order to in order to like solidify this kind of like more politically correct social structure that we're in. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that means to people by me saying that, but it seems like for that character specifically, out of any of these characters, they're not really like doing much with them. They're afraid to like go certain places because of what it might mean in our social connotations and it's just like a small show now but I just hope they do more with that character because right now it seems like he's being wasted in this like neutral area where it's just like all people are acceptable but we don't know how to write them because the relatable 
mythology thus far is of a certain type of film. You know, this this show speaks to the Amblin era, like early Spielberg style of filmmaking and then other 80s tropes and stuff that, um, you know, they represent one perspective of, like, so, the American experience. Are you, are you kind of saying that you, you wish that the, the black character just could have been more likable? I wish he was more, like, yeah, more likable, more useful, more, like, interesting as a character, because I'm sure he could be with the other kids, you know, and, like, the toothless kid is of, like, some beige complexion, you know what I mean? So they're, like, they're dancing on the line of, like, this isn't just, like, a white suburban tale <laughs> about yeah, some kids. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Because we don't live in that world anymore, and we're well accepting of multicultural things. I think it's just, I mean, this is definitely a tangent, but it's like, it's speaking to the cultural kind of transitions that we're going through and why so much of so much of race is like coming into play now, because there's like vastly more people than there ever has been. And in terms of storytelling, it's always interesting to see these moments that are like, all right, you're definitely speaking to this this type of audience, but how and in what ways are you speaking to this type of audience? And no one single writer can know exactly how to, like, I wouldn't know how to write Simone characters for the life of me, but right. <laughs> you right, know what right, I mean? Right. I probably wouldn't write them into my script if I didn't know. And so, Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think my, I think the weakest character for me is actually Winona Ryder, and I think that might be the director's fault or something. Not that yeah. she's completely unlikable, but it's just... At least so far as as episode four, can, she's a bit yeah. monotone. She's always like crazy yeah. flustered. And look, I'm not a mother. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's lost a kid. Uh, I get that. I understand that. But it just seems like every single scene, it's like the exact same tone. Like, can't she be like quietly sad in one scene, and then instead of like crazy flustered sad in every right. scene? That's to me. That's the only thing that stood out because this cast is fucking phenomenal. You know, every character is so yeah, great. The moment, I I feel like I feel like they had in the oh, since I'm only two episodes in. Sorry, I'll be brief. But I feel like the first episode when the cop comes into the office and sees her standing there, that look on her face. Yeah. I think is is probably her Oscar winning moment. That shit is so sure to life. A mother like lost her child look yeah. on her face she is a haunted fucking skeleton of a woman in that one moment but i can already tell that they're going to start uh, they're using just that maybe that moment or that idea to kind of keep that character going like this is just what she is this is what just what she is this is just what she is let's get her reunited with her kids she's fucking freaking out you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it does seem like it's like go ahead sorry yeah it's like yeah i, t I totally agree with you just kind of sort of being one note but like She's doing. She does a great job. This like I don't think I've ever seen like Winona Ryder uh, as this character. Um, right. And yeah, she's definitely a a, a sort of uh, distraught mom who's looking for her kid, but she doesn't play. Like she's not fucking around. Like she's just not like this helpless lady. Like right, 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 know. right. Yeah. As she, you get as you get further in, you're like, okay, man, she's like doing for herself and like you know, trying to go find her son, like not waiting on anybody else to to do it for her. She's taking measures. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, great show. Had no idea it was coming. And yeah. it's fucking awesome. I mean, Netflix, what the fuck? Every, I mean, you're like Marvel. Like, everything is good. <laughs> They're killing it, dude. Yeah, definitely. 
We definitely like went <laughs> We went on this topic way longer than expected. Sorry, Maddie. No, I'm sure he's going to have so much to say to this. Like it just it felt like a, it definitely felt like you're on the adventure with these kids. Yes, yes, yes. I love that adventure you know, aspect, the man. Beat, like the the moments, like everything about it. Matthew Modine, even I was like, hell yeah, I like Matthew Modine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is gonna be a fucking treat, dude. And I love, you know, I love that it's like, it's got that little X file side to it as well as, you know, because those scenes, the things about the girl Eleven and like the the laboratories and offices and stuff like that seems like it hits home on a more contemporary level than everything else. The bicycles and flashlights and walkie-talkies. Oh and shit. God, dude! That the bicycles and flashlights. God, I love that. <laughs> God, that was so good. Bicycles and flashlights productions presents. I mean, I was like, and the, the, this is what there was that one shot where they really focus on it, right? They're like, boom, 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 yeah. boom. Like they, there's a sound yeah. effect even for each flashlight, and I was like, damn, that's good. It's <laughs> gotta, really good. Gotta it's give it really up to good. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is, and like, I mean, it's. That's the thing with all – there's so many good shows out today, and it seems like the formulas for TV, you know, because you hear about people say, like, it's so formulaic or these formulas you can recognize. But it seems like the formulas are becoming a lot more complex, so you have more to pick and choose from because you're understanding niche audiences. Yes. And this show, this show is just like a fucking solid broadband signal to your fucking, you know, like your brain. Right. And it's, it's it, I mean, it, it's like hitting on all levels and you're just like, yep, fucking yes. Like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, man, let's move on. We're officially leaving the movies section, everybody. We're going to go real quick into just one topic for the comics section this week. And that is San Diego Comic-Con 2016 predictions. Anybody got any of them? Jason Momoa is going to drop his pants. Show that aqua dick? <laughs> <laughs> yes. His, his trident, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Joey, you're the number one comic book guy trident. here, actually. You got any predictions? Uh, As, like panel announcements, comic book movie shit, comic book book shit, you know, like what's... <laughs> book shit. Yeah, like what? Um, what do you got, man? What do you got? I I try to stay so just like in the dark with this type of stuff. Um, I think it'd be cool to like maybe get some more Doctor Strange footage. I know Luke Cage is going to be coming out soon, so maybe we'll get a little bit of that. Um, I guess as far as um, – yeah, I don't know. Maybe some good TV shows or something. Like I said, I just try to keep in the dark. So once once it comes out, I'm gonna watch it on Sci-Fi Channel because apparently they're airing it uh, for three nights. Um, and I just I just kind of want to be surprised, you know. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't have that many predictions. That I just like again. I just like to kind of stay in the dark and. No problem. San Diego. What what is gonna happen at San Diego Comic Con this year? Well, I'm we're not trying. Even... We're trying to predict that. Okay, so I'm at a site for one right now, so I'm gonna help you guys out. But uh-huh. um, yeah, maybe. but. Uh, yeah, I think okay. Before before I get to the side, I want to do the personal stuff first. I you know I've I've been closely following the DC side. I, I always root for the underdog, although I do love Marvel shit as well. But 
I mean, of course, Batman vs Superman sucked, but <laughs> but I, you know, I'm hopeful for Suicide Squad. There's going to be a big push for that because that's next week, and and the Suicide Squad is August fifth, so um, they can still promote that. But also, we're going to get probably a Wonder Woman teaser, maybe even something nice. near near a uh, 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 full trailer. So that's going to be huge. We're going to get probably a Doctor Strange theatrical trailer because uh, that other one was technically a teaser, I guess, although it was quite a big trailer, I guess, I thought. But anyway, we'll get another trailer at least from Doctor Strange. Uh, what else we got? Um, I'm looking at the site now. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, man. We're going to get oh, yeah, a trailer. They've they've wrapped production, dude. That movie's in the can, so they're just working on uh, the special effects now. So we're definitely going to get something from that, and we're probably going to see Baby Groot fighting with them on uh, fuck Groot on their shoulders. Are you a Groot? Are you a Groot hater? Are you a Groot hater? I just I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. What? Yeah, it's, you're the first it's... fucking guy I've ever met that said that shit. You are you like kidding me, movie, Baby Groot? Come on, bro. You're killing yeah. me over here. It's one of Marvel's best movies. It's okay. It's like the whole time I was just like, Star Wars, Fifth Element. Star Wars, Fifth Element. Star Wars, Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, and it was like, that. it was fine. Come like, on. it ends on a fucking dance-off and a hand-holding energy party. Like, fucking oh. suck my aqua dick. Yeah, that 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 last scene, that last scene was like, it was like at a kind of a dance off. But he says we're the Guardians of the Galaxy, bitch. Yeah. Like that shit was funny, dude. That shit I was good. It had a, I mean, I didn't even a, chime in, but I'm sick of all this fucking Guardians love. And I'm like, where, where, dude, where is it at? What you got? As I'm a guy that as I've always I've always loved sci-fi, and I've always loved. <laughs> I've always loved oldies music, so to pull together in this yeah. Marvel movie, I was just—I I think you're right. The dance off it like kind of deflates it a little bit, but <laughs> but, but it just I, never I mean, goes anywhere. They never they never spend time on their characters. They only spend time on like look at this and then look at that. I don't know about that. Here's I mean, the they, thing. here's the thing. I mean, what I always thought about Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you guys was, ever see Slither? Did you guys ever see the movie? Slither? Hold on one second. I'm talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> motherfucker. Let me finish my thought. <laughs> Fucking made me made me not think of it. Oh, made me forget it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But go ahead. but so we got you got like that. There was a one shot where Chris Pratt looks at uh, Rocket's back, and it's it just like it's real quick, but it's just like it's. I think it sets up. Most of his character, it's like, wow, this is a motherfucker that's been experimented on, and also it shows that Chris Pratt gives a shit. So yeah, that's I'm not, like the, here's that, the thing. that quick I'm not back saying... and forth. I love that shit. And the other thing I want to say real quick before I let, uh, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll end yeah. it, like, there's the the movie opens up with these character like uh, a very personal scene. Like it gets heavy from the get go. Like we got a pers- a mother dying of cancer. Yeah. We're, we're gonna start. We're gonna ground your ass immediately. Maybe because, I should watch it again. Because what's gonna happen next is we're gonna have talking plants and a raccoon, and we're gonna be in space and not on Earth for the rest of the time. <laughs> so nice. for the for the ne- for the to start off this movie, we're gonna ground that ass real quick, and then we're gonna take off. And I always thought that was a really cool way to start. All right, fair. Fair enough. I'm not saying Guardians of the Galaxy isn't a good movie. I'm just saying I really love of it. I mean, you're a huge Star <laughs> Wars fan, so I, I get it. And Groot sort of comes yeah. off as chewy Groot, in some and way. I I can't 
I don't get this obsession with Vin Diesel either. What is that? No one cares about Vin Diesel, dude. People only care about Groot. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Mark Bernardin, Mark Bernardin from the Fat Man on Batman podcast from Kevin Smith, he said, and this is probably true, uh-huh. we, we're entering this new age of movies where no one gives a shit about stars anymore. People are going to see, like you, you just said this earlier in this episode. Cool you, shit. You said that people are going to see the Joker, not Jared Leto, right? Like, n- no one gives a shit about Daniel Radcliffe. People want to see Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? And, but, like, in the, in, the, in the 90s when we grew up and before, people wanted to see Will Smith. They wanted to see Nicolas Cage. They wanted to see stars. But now people want to see characters. So I think this theory right. might be true, actually. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can... What's that? Can, <laughs> can she hear me? No, no. She just brought Damn, me what, up? Um, oh, yeah. what was your question? <laughs> My question was, what, do you guys think that that theory holds water uh, as I, far as... I think so, yeah. man. Because people... Fan service has spoke so much more to um, to source material than it has to anything else. The whole Scarlett Johansson uh, Ghost in the Shell controversy is race-based. It's like nonsensical. It doesn't really even necessarily matter for what you could ultimately get for that movie to be able to be made on a, on a budget that would do it any justice. It's like with Iron Fist. It kind of has yeah. the same hate with it. Yeah. You can't hold these things against that. It's just kind of the way of the world where a Western... No, I won't even get into that anymore. But what I think <laughs> is that... Oh, God. What I think, what I think is... <laughs> That when you have, I, yes, I think that theory is true. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's <laughs> try to tame. Gotta stop so myself much. there. Oh fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, we we might save that. We'll put pin in that one. We might talk about that one later. But move, <laughs> moving on sure. real quick, uh, this other this list, and we're at monkeysfightingrobots.com with this nine San Diego Comic Con predictions, but. Um, Captain Marvel casting, that probably will happen. Ooh, nice. Okay. That'll cool. be cool. It'll probably be Brie Larson. They'll probably fucking confirm that. Uh, we will get a Luke Cage trailer. Maybe even a full pilot at a panel. And nice. that's basically it as far as the ones I want to talk about. Deadpool 2? I think that's too early, man. <laughs> too they're, they're, early. They're still writing really? the script. Even for art? Even for... Even for, they'll kind of, there's going to be something. They have no, everybody's there, attention right now. Th- there might not be because Fox is actually out this year. Oh, Fox has no panel. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. So, they got Wolverine coming up too. Like we're not going to see anything. From oh Wolverine yeah. For how long? Half a year. Look, Deadpool's going to yeah, show show his ass in Wolverine three. I'm. I mean, I think you can call that right now. That'd right? be interesting, man. Like. I'm like, who even knows what they're gonna do? It's the same director though, James Mangold. So, yeah. I mean, what do you got? I mean, like uh, we talked about this in the last episode, but I mean, other than the last act of that movie, that was he did pretty good. Yeah, no, it, it was right, exactly. I feel like that's the the producer kind of Hollywood end of it, where it's just like, just have some fucking crap hit some other crap. <laughs> yeah, like explode. we couldn't have gotten a, a, a guy wearing that, shiny army, a shiny shining armor. We just got a fucking dude, robot. That, 
Of that course. funeral scene and the train fight scene, like, more of that, dude. Two and a half hours more of that shit. Imagine if the <laughs> Russo brothers did a fucking Wolverine movie. You would die. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I feel like those those are good scenes, but the best scenes, the best action scenes we've seen in a while, I probably, yeah, more than an X-Men Apocalypse, maybe even more than Civil War, dude, where it's the Deadpool scenes. What? Those, those action scenes were great. <laughs> I felt that those were the most good. interesting action good. scenes this year, man. Yeah, because they played That's... the comedy element into them. They were trying to make – that was the cool thing about Deadpool is they were trying to make you laugh through the whole movie, not just laugh, action, laugh, gore, action. You know what I mean? Like right. they were – everything was a joke, you know, and that – you're right, man. Deadpool so far has taken the season. Ooh, bold statement. Taken 2016? I think so. Early. He could, he could have. He could have. It's just that for the next two decades. And then that guy was a video game director slash video game commercial director. So he had, I yeah. think that contributed to his ability to do these action scenes very well. That that opening sequence, it's like this is our movie. This is what we want to do, and it happens to be Deadpool. What you think it is, you know? I mean, I guess in so many ways. It also showed their budget in a way as well because they, they spent like a third or more of that yeah. movie on that fucking freeway. Yeah, dude. It was like the first Kick-Ass, you know? Like that, it like, I mean, better, way better than the first Kick-Ass, but it had that same just like, oh, shit, like, what the fuck? Yes, and it was so purely what it should have been, and yeah, right, I mean, yeah. we could just we'd go on forever Ma Matthew about Matthew Vaughn. Just, anyway, just so ahead, great, yeah. so great, yes. Well, Vaughn, it was the other guy, Tim Miller, first-time director. Yeah. No, Matthew Vaughn did the first. Oh no no no! Ass. Oh yeah yeah! I'm not talking about Deadpool though. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, that's even that's even more impressive. Yes, it's crazy good. <laughs> it's fucking oh. awesome. The little hand. He has a little hand. I'm yes, like, oh, that's that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes, man. It's one of. I bet it, I bet it feels big in this. <laughs> 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 there was this one there was this one reddit comment that said what did we do to deserve ryan reynolds <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the following comment was this i ponder daily <laughs> <laughs> i always attest to him in fucking um what was that movie where he's locked in a casket buried buried yeah i always attest to ryan reynolds and buried like that was his fucking citizen kane that movie i never saw it no, dude, watch it. He's fucking amazing. But it's just like he's a talented motherfucker and he's been around for a while because, you know, and then to, to have Deadpool to hide behind the mask, to also be himself, to also make fun of both of those aspects. Like he came into his own with this fucking character. That's his fucking Pee Wee Herman right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, this that's it. He's going to be known for this forever. And that's yeah. not, that's dude, not imagine a bad thing. How many, <laughs> I think he's fine with that. Differences they're going to be to X Men Origins Wolverine. Like he's speaking to that fucking like. They may fuck up all your other movies, but I'm still here. Hopefully, you know, like fucking Deadpool. I don't give a shit. Whatever. And, 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 and there's that. There's that one like he tweeted about this kid that was dying. Oh, he did die. Bummer. But he he met this kid that was a huge Deadpool fan. It was one of those you know make a wish things, and he tweeted like yeah like after he died or something. But he said that like. Yeah, that kid was a foul mouth motherfucker, and we're and we're all we're all at a loss. It was like it was like he's still like Ryan. It's a, it's a part of Ryan Reynolds that really is Deadpool, 
but yeah. it was still it was still heartfelt at the same time because the, the tweet yeah. the tweet was mainly like let's yeah. remember let's remember this kid but he was also yeah. swearing like crazy you know and he <laughs> he called the kid like a motherfucker even though he's like dead dead i think <laughs> it was fucked up but great at the same time it was weird yeah he, he, he um <laughs> no that's like he did one like, thing let, like let his character down like you know what i mean like he kept with the yeah. character and i'm sure the kid yeah. was like they were both sort of back and forth like with the deadpool probably cursing at each other like yeah man yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he didn't he, turn into like a somber thing he's like no this was a great fucking kid this yeah is fucking awesome yeah yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So he, he kind of kept to that his character which is great he definitely exactly. killed Ryan Reynolds. Definitely like killed that like pretty boy image he had too, which I think kind of was holding him back. Yeah. If you if you ever yeah. watched Green Lantern, you know they try and cast him for this like pretty boy Hal Jordan like everyday kind of guy, but he's not. He's fucking Deadpool. He's a foul mouthed motherfucker. You know, like I'm I'm sure that his his physical state as Deadpool represents something that Ryan Reynolds relates to. You know, like the funniest people. Um, you know, often they say I have like the deepest pain or something like that. I'm not saying it's that deep, but I'm saying in terms of Ryan Reynolds, like he kind of kills off this whole idea of like, you know, if you imagine the character you played in Adventureland, who's that same old like, I'm a fucking piece of shit dirtbag, you know, but I wish I was better. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like yeah, he's, 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 he's lost up. there, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Blade Trinity, but he was pretty good in that yeah. too. <laughs> the, the third Blade, Blade Trinity, really yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like Blade where Trinity. I, it's like where I figured out like so who great. Ryan Reynolds was. Like this was Ryan Reynolds, you know, not 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 the the pretty boy Van Wilder. Well, <clears throat> I didn't really see Van Wilder, so I think he's like he's a, a little uh, yeah. raunchy in that as well. But Blade Trinity is where I yeah where I saw him. I was like, oh, I definitely like this guy. Kind of let him let him cut loose. Yeah, yeah it definitely felt Blade Trinity felt like Ryan Reynolds was doing a Dane Cook impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But he, I mean, he's a fucking bad motherfucker, and I don't know if it's maybe it's just my from my perspective, my opinion about the guy. But I've never really been like so sold. Like I've never seen Van Wilder either, but I have seen fucking Adventureland, and I have seen fucking what's the other one he was in that he was good in. <laughs> Aside from like buried, I don't know something funny, but Deadpool, like you really saw this guy. No, uh, but basically what I'm getting at is just that in Deadpool you really saw him come into his own, because I feel like uh, he he was maybe like unrestricted by that image that people. When you hear Ryan Reynolds' name, like as a comedy fan, you're on one side of the fence. You're like, that's a douchey motherfucker, and he's kind of funny, but not enough for me to give a fuck. Or you're like the chick who has somewhat of a sense of humor, but just really likes this adorable dude, like this attractive dude. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like with Deadpool, he was able to kind of like step away from any distinctions that his name carried under the Deadpool banner and then just fucking ran away with it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the surprise hit of the year, and it's awesome that it's going to usher in a new series of these R-rated superhero movies because it showed that this is these motherfuckers are going to make some money. Like people love the fuck out of Deadpool and yeah, this whole like universe. Certified hit, dude. It's yeah, so no many number. I mean, not adjusted for inflation. It's the number one top-selling R-rated movie of all time. There I wonder are people what happened that I will... with the. 
going against the MPAA for that movie. I just I yeah. want to know the stories, like just what they had to do, like either <laughs> probably or that they just like bypass them or what. Yeah, it and, probably and, made them feel really old. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, just like, gotta... I don't even know if I can. Is this what the kids like today? <laughs> yeah, R-rated superhero movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Deadpool's. <laughs> Deadpool's grabbing the steel guy's nuts. Like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Calling him a steel cock gobbler, too. Just to see, like, Colossus <laughs> Colossus like that, dude, is so great. I love that. Though. So yeah. great. That's, like, that's one of the things that's so great about that movie is, like, Colossus's role is played, like, 100% as what he wants to be. This, like, Boy Scout kind of, like, good-hearted farm boy. He plays that, and that makes the raunchy comedy of Deadpool so potent. Just yes, those that's characters right. are played that's like right. so straight. You know what I mean? So, like, consider for a second: Cable, militaristic, mercenary, hardened individual, lost friends in battle, seeing the apocalypse, you know, figuratively and literally, come into a world of a person who's like needs to jerk off with their baby hand just to see how big it looks. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fucking gold. Like, that shit is already just like, Ryan Reynolds is kicked back right now. He's just like, we're going to do Cable. And then after that, we're going to do fucking Mojo World. And then after that, fucking the X-Men are going to come to Deadpool fucking 3, 4, and want to be in our movie. And even Negasonic is going to be begging to be Wolverine again. I think the stupidest thing is for a Hugh Jackman to want to not be Wolverine anymore. That may make me a tyrant, but who else could play that role? Uh, probably an unknown. I mean, if, if Disney's going to cast um, it, they're going to cast some unknown guy like Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'd have to yeah, we'd have to give it a, you know give Winter Soldier a break, you know, after this. Yeah, I or agree. They're, they're probably introduce X twenty three. Yeah, they could they, do X twenty three. Um, they could do like an old man Logan later on. They're doing yeah. that now, though. Oh yeah, I guess is is yeah. that what the the new Wolverine is? Yes, very much so. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Yes, and I've never read that story, Joey, but apparently X twenty three is in this new movie. Oh well, that's great. So you haven't read Old Man Logan? No, is X twenty three in that comic? No. Okay, well she's in the movie, so. <laughs> but you it's... should uh, you should check it out for sure. <laughs> All right, I will. Hey guys, we had to split this episode up into two parts because it went pretty long. So we're going to stop it here and catch part two uh, coming soon. Thanks again for listening. Check you later. <laughs>